Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Pastor Ben Pitney has a message titled, The Cost of Making Room. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. through 7. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. We're making room in life to connect people to God and others. Take your Bible out and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to go through real quickly because you know what? In order to respond the way we should as a church, we need to respond in unity. But there is some things that we are commanded, commissioned, charged to do and to be. Every church is. And so we, we need to be a church that fulfills our mission and our mandate as well. If we're to do and be these things in a, in a bursting community, all right, we need to have our act together. And we need to focus on the right things. Jesus himself calls us to do and to be more than just followers of him. You know, those who are disciples of Jesus also seek to observe all that he's commanded. That's a disciple, all right? Matthew 28, 20, where this great commission is um, launched. And when Jesus said that in that great commission, what was the most recent thing that he commanded, by the way? He commanded, make disciples, make disciples. So this, we're, we're to be evangelists, we're to lead people to Jesus, we're to be followers of Jesus and follow all that he commanded, but we are to make disciples, and the implications of that are pretty significant. So Jesus was willing to interact with the masses in the crowds, that's for sure, and to bless them. But what drove his ministry was investing in a few who, we, who would lead the church after his um, um, redemptive work was accomplished on the cross and returned to the Father. So Jesus' own life was not just... Uh, a life of personal holiness and uninterrupted focus on the Father. That's not it. His time and attention moved beyond his own purity and to relational around him. It wasn't just vertical, it was horizontal. And sometimes we sort of forget that. And he counted the cost of making disciples and he embraced this, is this significant cost. When he said to a group of ragtag guys, uneducated guys, some of them sort of bumbling goofs, and he said, you know, fishermen, he said, come with me, I'll make, uh, uh, I'll make you fishers of men, not just fishers of fish, I'll make you fishers of men, come and follow me. When he said that, he, he was, the, the implications of there, he was asking them to come with him and die. I don't want to slide past that because my hope today is for us to, to motivate us towards what we already know we should be doing and in some ways want to do, but simply haven't or are not doing right? Because everything else in life seems to be going another direction than life on life, living out God's mission for us, which is making disciples. 
We live in a, a day of ceaseless distraction. It is ceaseless. It's endless. We think mass production, as uh, we look for the next, we think in mass production, we, that, that's why we're looking for the next life hack. We love the shortcut, right? And it may be obvious to us what we really should be doing in the church, but what most of us are doing is uh, we're looking for what basket is the wisest to put our eggs in, right? But we're being carried in just every direction other than then what actually God has asked us to do and be. There's pressure to plan and es- execute endless events and things. And sometimes when we get together as a staff, as a team, I feel like we're battling, uh, you know, keeping it simple and keeping it focused, because everybody wants and needs a little what they want, right? It's, it's really hard. So most of us know about this thing called discipleship. We're just not willing to do it. We haven't been, I think, yet willing to embrace the cost. We understand for the most part that it's going to cost something, but we haven't embraced it. And we can even go, you know, the, the, your, um, our mission and our vision statement is unique, and I agree with it, making room in life to connect people with God and others. I get that. I understand that. And we realize that there has to be space and margin in our lives in order to do that because it's a relational thing, and we love it, but we haven't yet embraced, lots of us, the actual cost of doing that because it's going to cost you something, right? I mean, it truly does. Jesus, like I said, took a bunch of guys, uneducated, invested in them in depth. He launched them out into the world and they changed the world. It's powerful. So what is disciple making? There is indeed a cost. Luke 14, 25, especially verse 33. Any any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. It costs you everything, actually. It costs you your entire life. Let's not neglect or minimize that, but we're not here to just simply talk about the cost of following Jesus, but the increased cost of one particular aspect of following him, which is being an instrument in making others followers of Jesus. And I'm telling you, I can't do it by myself. I'm not that good. I'm doing everything I can. I expect to draw the truth out of God's word each week and motivate you and teach to the best of my ability, but I can't do it by myself. And if we're hanging all our hopes on me being good enough to where you invite somebody to uh, this meeting and they come to Jesus because Pastor Ben is so, mm, you are don't know me. <laughs> That's not the way it's supposed to work anyway, right? This isn't just evangelism and conversion. Disciple making begins there, but it doesn't end there. Not even close. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. That's huge. 2 Timothy 2, 7 verses. 2 Timothy chapter 2. So, my child, this is Paul, speaking into the life of his protege, his guy, Timothy, passing on everything he can. He's mentoring him. He's discipling him. So you, my child, be strong in the grace that is 
in Christ Jesus. And what you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful people who will be competent to teach others as well. Take your share of suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one in military service gets entangled in matters of everyday life. Otherwise, you'll not please the one who recruited him. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he'll not be crowned as the winner unless he competes according to the rules. The farmer who works hard ought to have the first share of the crops. Think about what I'm saying, and the Lord will give you understanding of all of this. Now, this is big right here. This charge has rippling effects in the church, actually. The whole church and how we think about ministry and how we think about the kingdom and how it moves forward. Even though the center of the bullseye are pastors, elders, bishop, deacon, you know, all these leadership, key leaders in the church, right? Yeah, that's the bullseye in the middle of the target, Teach is a loaded word throughout the Bible and in the New Testament, and it has special ties to every Christ follower. This is for everyone, all of us. Disciple-making in the local church begins with elders? Yeah, absolutely. And if the elders lead the congregation into this, then as soon it's going to shape the congregation to think differently and, and go about our mission In the lives of others, the way we're supposed to, we're going to think like this. This is personal attention and guidance from one spiritual generation to the next generation. It's essentially spiritual parenting is what he's talking about here. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful people, right, right, who, who will be able to teach others. There are four generations. I don't know if you realize that in just the way this is laid out. Four generations here that Paul mentions Paul to Timothy, Timothy to faithful people, faithful people who will be competent to teach others for generations. That's, that's enormous, and that's a lot of truth just right there. This is intentionally and relationally investing oneself in spiritual growth and maturity of a few followers of Jesus, part of which is leading those followers of Jesus to then invest in others who do the same This, and, and, and the content is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. This is what we center on, we aim on to pass to the next generation. Not all of our quirks and our idiosyncrasies and all our little hobby horses and all our little stuff that, you know, is important to us about how we do church primarily, right? That's, that's not what he's talking about here. Our story, our song, truth, the heart of faith, the gospel, right? And the intent is multiplication. That's the intent. You can't escape it. It's multiplication. It's not just addition, just simply leading people to Jesus. It's making followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus. Now, that's why discipleship is a dirty word in church. It is hard because of the cost. It costs a lot. It's not easy. You want to disciple people? Start rounding people up that say, yep, sign me up. Just go for it. And man, it doesn't happen that easy. We didn't even disciple our own children. Okay, now I'm not here to discourage. I'm here to motivate and encourage. The context is relationship. 
It's personal and time-consuming. You know, books, conferences, articles, all these great things, great supplementary stuff. That's not going to get it done. This is sit across the table with somebody one-on-one because I know you, you know me, we trust each other, and I know what kind of sin's going on in your life, and let me speak into your life kind of stuff. Real live relationship, and it's vital, and it can't be avoided. So we're not just being a disciple and a follower of Jesus. We're sharing our, ourself, as Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, that others also might be mature in following Christ. So here's the second point here. What makes it so hard? Really. What makes it so hard? You, you, you think that we all kind of know, but we avoid talking about this. We don't need a big comprehensive list to get to the sense of what this is. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Take your share of suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So once Paul gives Timothy the charge to make disciples, who make disciples, the very next thing he says is, take your share of suffering. <laughs> you need to, you're going to suffer, right? And, and should we really be surprised all that you know about Jesus and his journey to the cross, when he says, take up your cross and follow me, like that's just going to be a, 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 an easy thing. You don't know the cross. You don't get the cross. You don't understand the cross. Take your suffering. And, 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 and are you forgetting Paul himself is in prison writing to these people? Because Why? Because he's discipling people, he's preaching the gospel, he's training people, he's teaching people. So, so here's the first um, cost I'm going to put out there, opposition. We can start in verse 3, one of the costs is opposition, maybe persecution. Enemies of Jesus don't typically bother exposing Christ followers who keep to themselves I don't need to. It's not worth the hassle. But when followers of Jesus are reproducing themselves, they become a strategic target for resistance. And I think that I think that I have been under more attack lately than I ever have in my entire career because I think the Lord wants something to happen and I think it's easy to see. I really, really, with all my heart, mind, and soul want to do it, but man, it just the pressure just keeps mounting over and over again. It's going to continue to do that. It's not going to be easy to be the church in the future. It doesn't get, it's not going to get easier. It's just going to get more and more difficult to stand on the truth and be a follower of Jesus, not let alone lead people and, and, and disciple and train people to be followers of Jesus. Um, here, here, look at verse four. No one in the military service gets entangled in matters of everyday life. Otherwise, he's not gonna please the one who recruited him. You realize what the implications there are is this isn't just a civilian task. This is, he's equating this to like a military task, Right? that we need to stay focused on and all the civilian activity, you better be careful of that and getting all entangled and trapped into that. Verse, uh, you know, because what? I'm gonna say uh, number two, attention. We live in an age of distraction and not only can we be sidelined by just our smartphone alone, we can be sidelined by a thousand things. He's got, Satan has a thousand ready-made event-oriented distractions to divert us from pleasing Jesus. 
and engaging in the grunt work of disciple making. Man, it's not easy because we got the attention of a nap, it feels like sometimes, right? And now that school started, you don't think that the school is ready to just unload the howitzers and all the cannons towards, here's all the stuff that we haven't been able to do for a year. So guess what I need you to do? You know? Yeah. Pleasing others, that's another one. Jesus chose 12. He could have chose a lot of people. And uh, we're going to be distracted with trying to make everybody happy. We get, we get distracted as a team sometimes trying to just keep it simple because everybody wants stuff and things and all this. But disciple making is focused. And you can't make everybody happy. It takes a lot of grunt work. <laughs> Verse 5, also anyone who competes as an athlete, he'll not be crowned the winner unless he competes according to the rules. And this, the implication here is perseverance. And struggle and wrestling. You know, if you want washboard abs, you know what it takes, right? That's why there's maybe two people in the audience that actually got it, right? I don't know who the other person is, but are you kidding, right? What does it take to have washboard abs? Evidently, Instagram... It seems like that's where all those people are. Man, it's, you know, athletes, all of it. Goodness. Perseverance, yeah. Energy, how about this? Energy? This is another cost. Early morning, late night, intense investment. It's all demanding. It's much easier to avoid it and look for a video. I know I get all over the video stuff, but yeah, we default really quickly. All of our community group leaders do most for the most part, and they're working hard, but it's so much easier to find a video of Andy Stanley or Francis Chan. Those are the top two and let him do it, right? Instead of just rolling up your sleeves and digging through it, it, you know, discipleship doesn't just teach itself. It takes one-on-one investment, right? Energy. 2 Corinthians 12, 15. Now, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your lives. That's what it takes to disciple someone. Spending your life. And Paul's like, I'm happy to do that. It's worth it. We think we can't do any more? Give me a break. We keep pushing to the finish line. That's the way an athlete thinks. And we learn the invaluable dynamic of serving in the strength of Jesus Another way of seeing it is it's going to cost you comfort. Comfort. We want the comfort. We want the luxury. We want to sit where we want to sit. We want to park where we want to park. We don't want anybody telling us. And I'm the same way. I get it. Costs us comfort and the luxury of, you know, doing things the way I want to do it. Verse 6, the farmer who works hard ought to have the first share of the crops. Can I just say it like this? We know a billion famous athletes. Name me one famous farmer besides Old MacDonald. Why? Oh, man, the farmer. What's he got to do? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you want to be well-known, there's a lot of better ways to do it than discipling, right? To embrace disciple-making sometimes is obscurity, time, energy, perseverance. Goodness, look at all the things. Here's this third point, taking the initiative. This is where most of us get hung up, simply taking initiative about getting together regularly, reading the Bible, praying. That's where we all get hung up. We think we got to have all the resource and this and that and, you know, and scheduling. And yeah, I have a person in my life and half of their job is to just help me schedule all the meetings and, and, and all those things. Because it, this, is a, this is a big deal, right? This is hard. Taking the initiative is going to take, number six, time. Time. We all get the same amount of time, but like raising crops, this is time-consuming. Plowing the field, planting, time to water, time to fertilize, time to harvest. It's not one meeting. It's a year's worth of regular meetings. It's, it's an investment like crops. You don't typically see the progress all at once, but over the course of months, it's amazing what kind of harvest can happen. And to summarize, the cost of making room to make disciples of Jesus is going to cost you giving, 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 giving. And I'm not talking about just dollars. It's giving of everything, right? Giving time, energy, attention, taking initiative, making sacrifices, facing opposition, shedding tears, sharing yourself, spending and being spent Giving, 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 that's actually what it takes to make disciples. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you want to set that aside and say, no, that's for others, it's actually not true. The implications are no, that is all of us. That is all of us. This is who we are and what we do. And you've got to consider the cost to make room to do this, it will cost you all these things that we've talked through. What makes it worth it? What makes the cost worth it? What's this got to do with me? Number one, those we invest in are an expression of our joy in Jesus, actually. First Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20, for who is our hope, our joy, or crown to boast before the Lord Jesus at his coming? It's not of, is it not, of course, you? For you are our glory and our joy. This relational thing in others is worth it, Paul says. I would not have expected him to say it like that. Would you? I don't don't know. First pass when you're going through this, the Thessalonians are Paul's glory and joy. I would have thought he would have said, no, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He says, no, it's you. It's you that makes it all worth the investment. Not in completion with our joy in Jesus, but as a a completion of it. Those we invest in are the expression of our joy in Jesus. We also then, number two, have a joy in God. We would not have, apart from these disciples, we forget this, this relational thing that we are charged to do, 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 6 through 10, look at it. But now Timothy is a, has come to us from you and and given us the good news of your faith and your love that you'll always think of it 
uh, of us with affection and long disease. Look at the relationship as it's just slathered throughout these verses of Paul and how he's going, my goodness, you guys are everything here. This is all worth it. All of this stuff, all of these things, if you stand firm in the Lord, right? And that, that, that's what we're all about. It's been all worth it for how can we thank God enough for you, for our joy. We feel because of you before our God, we pray earnestly night and day to see you in person and make up what has been lacking in your faith. We're all about you. It's good news that the Thessalonians are well. His joy has been deeply tied to those he's invested in to hear that they're well in the faith. His soul is tied to their souls in ways too few of us have ever tasted. John shocks me as well. The gospel writer John in 3 John chapter 4. Because you know what this is all about? No greater joy, he says. 3 John chapter 4, or 3 John verse 4, because there's only one chapter, excuse me. I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are living according to the truth. This children he's talking about are the people he's investing his life in, all these people he's discipling. There's no greater joy, really. See, if I'd have been standing there with the apostle John when he wrote this, I might have finished it differently and say, hey, don't you mean God? Don't you mean Jesus? <laughs> I have no greater joy than Jesus, but he says to hear that my children, right? How can he say that? Because this is just how Jesus wants it, that our joy in him would be, uh, wouldn't be inward and separated from other people. You can't separate other people from the whole journey. We are connected together whether we like it or not. That is the way church is designed. It's not just a come, sit, and soak, right? We are relationally connected, and that's the way people are to come to follow Jesus, and that's the way you make disciples. I can't reach the people that you're in relationship with. I can't do it. I can only be in relationship with just a certain amount of folks, and I'm doing, I think, what I'm supposed to do for the most part, and I am certainly not perfect at it. And our staff and our elders and everybody, I feel like, is working full tilt Now it's time for all of us to roll up our sleeves, embrace this cost and the implications of this. This is what it's going to take to move to another level. There is not enough church in Vail to reach everybody. If everybody wanted to come to church next Sunday, they would struggle. They would struggle. So we got to be healthy and good. That's, that's, we're, we're kind of starting with the Dave Ramsey stuff, so let's plow through that. What I, what I, I know is that some of you are going to go, yeah, sign me up. I'm ready to go. I just need a little resource. Well, we got one. It's called Build. We always have. Build is a great resource that will not teach itself. There is no video. You'll have to roll up your sleeves and utilize the resource to do life on life with others and establish people who've come to Christ in the first principles of the faith, and we leave them out all the time. We think we know them all, and we don't, right? A great example is we know we should be baptized. Sometimes we don't know why, and we don't know how to teach somebody else about why they should, okay? It's, that's one of the first principles of the faith that, that is addressed, and there's, there's a boatload of them. And when you get through the build material resource, I, I think you can confidently say I'm a fully established Christ follower that can move on and disciple somebody else. 
So we have those resources and the Dave Ramsey stuff and Pastor Matt will be out there in the rain under the table to help you get connected and find a way. Let us help you find a way. We're doing the best we can. Are you ready? There's a lot out there in the future, isn't there? I mean, look at the implications of why we've got to be great disciple makers. Lord, thank you for all kinds of things today. Yeah, the rain, the road widening in front of us, this journey that we're on, the craziness of our lives and the bursting community that we live in. Most of all, Lord, thank you for loving us and including us in this mission and this mandate. We want to be great disciple makers. Help us to count this cost. Make room in our life to do life on life, one-on-one, speak into another's life and teach and train and equip others to do the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.